So we come to the Word of God together to motivate our prayers. We, we come to the text of Scripture itself. Let the prayers of the Bible direct our prayers. And 1 Timothy chapter 1 provides us a very God-centered approach to prayer. Uh, and the two passages we're going to look at here in, in 1 Timothy, you'll notice that Paul is consumed with the glory of Christ. He's got a lot on his mind he's praying for. But what he's consumed by is the glory of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, let me begin reading at verse 12. Paul writes and prays, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And then if you turn to chapter 6, kind of bookends to this chapter. We'll just skip down to kind of the closing, verse 15. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Do you see the focus of Paul's prayer here in 1 Timothy? Paul is not one who, I know God's just happy to get what he can from me. I got a lot on my mind I need to bring to the Lord. That's true. It's right to bring these things to the Lord. But our God, who is consumed by a passion for his own glory, cares how we approach him. And even our prayers should be a means to honoring God. I think what we have modeled here by the Apostle Paul, is exactly what prayer should be. What our prayer should be individually, what our, when we gather together corporately, if, you, if you're still kind of struggling, I just don't get what we're doing on Sunday morning in this corporate time of prayer. This is it, exhibit A. This is what prayer should be, an expression of praise and adoration to God for His honor, for His glory, for His worship. Paul here praises the Lord in these prayers. In this text, there's a lot that he brings before the Lord. But he packages it in, in first and foremost, two things. One, the new life that he has been given by grace. In fact, in the, the chapter 1 passage we read, Paul talks about that he himself formerly was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent, meaning he hated God. 
Everything about God he hated. He had zero interest in the God of the Bible. Now, Paul was a religious man. You can go and look at Philippians and you can read his background, his history, his family upbringing. A very religious man, but I, I pray God is helping us to see there is a dichotomy between being religious and devoutly religious and being Christian. One is just active in, 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 in you know, religious things, and the other one is a passion for Christ, a love for Christ. And his, who he is, and his lordship, and his rule, and his reign, and his sovereignty, and all that he is over us. And Paul on that road to Damascus, as he was on his way to do what? To continue to persecute Christians, those who love Jesus. All of a sudden, he's there, and he comes face to face with Christ. And it's the grace of God putting him face to face with Christ, where all of a sudden Paul realized all that he was and all that he ever understood and all was nothing. It was wrong. It was erroneous. He had never seen beauty and majesty like he was seeing in Jesus Christ. And by grace, God brought that insolent opponent to faith in Jesus Christ. In that moment, scales were removed from his eyes and the God that he hated now became the most beautiful thing in the world to him. How in the world does that happen? Is that Paul being made all spiritual maturity? No, that's the grace of God. And that's why he prays in the way that he prays. That's the way he frames his prayer request to you, oh God, be honor and glory. Because everything that I'm bringing to you is because you have done this work in me. I wouldn't be seeking you if it wasn't for what you've done in my life. And you see how that prayer honors God? So, so Paul honors God for the new life that's been given to him, but also he just praises for Jesus himself. Over and over in this passage, Paul recognizes his hope is in one thing. It's completely outside of him. It's Christ Jesus. Paul was not one who was on the road to Damascus and all of a sudden thought, you know what, I think I'm on the wrong path spiritually, religiously. You know, I think, I think I'm seeing things more clearly. Let me pull myself up by my bootstraps. No, no, no. He came face to face with Jesus Christ and saw the nothingness of his life and realized Christ was all. And Christ was not all just in that moment at, at, uh, on the road to Damascus. Christ continued to become all to him. Who this Christ was, the one who came to save sinners of whom Paul says, I am the foremost. Paul was blown away by the fact that this Jesus was fully man yet fully God and had condescended from eternity, from heaven, to come down to save a wretch like him. And he never got over that. To his dying breath, you can read in some of the epistles, his infatuation with Christ. To live is Christ, to die is gain. How many of us, when we get the word, it's fourth stage, stage four, cancer, you got days to live. How many of us respond, praise God. This brings me to Jesus, which is what I want. Paul was captivated by Christ. And so his prayers were patterned after. I got a lot on my mind, but Jesus, 
It's you. You are sufficient. You are the all-glorious one. You are the sovereign one. And everything I bring to you, I bring in the name of Jesus and with understanding that the answer for everything I bring to you is Jesus. Is that how we pray? A lot of times I'm prone to inform God. Here's my prayer request and here's what I think you should do about it. (laughs) He's sovereign. We're not. We're needy children. And our every need is met in Christ Jesus. And that will be true of every need we bring before the Lord. And so Paul, as he's praying, honoring glory be to God, the God who saves, the God who conquers, the God who overwhelms, the God who, who knows no limits, the God who can do anything he wants to do according to his will. The God who really doesn't even need me to inform him of my request, yet he is pleased when I do. It honors him when I do, because I come understanding he is the need for all. And so Paul is constantly in his prayers seeking the Lord and honoring him as the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, honor and glory forever to him. The one who dwells in unapproachable light yet has made a way through Jesus Christ. To you, God, In all of my prayers, be honor and glory and renown.